0: For the battle is the Lord's And he will give you into our hands And so today we're going to talk about the head of Goliath And the idea is that since our battles do belong to the Lord Then we must trust God to guide our hands uh, To give us direction in our battles Let's pray for the lesson this morning Lord we love you today and thank you for your goodness and mercy Thank you Lord that you are on our side Lord, we have victory through you, through your name today. We praise you for it. Help us now to hear your word. Let it find good ground in our heart so we can be better, be changed, to be more like you. We want to be ready when you come. Yes. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give him another hand clap and a shout. The Bible says shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We've got victory in Jesus today. I'm thankful for it. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. The the story of David and Goliath is no doubt one of the most famous uh, stories in Scripture. You know, one of the most rehearsed, uh, especially as a child, you you hear of David and Goliath. Uh, There's always... uh, when they used to do Sunday school on the little felt boards and you had the little figures and the little stick up things you would put on the boards and they'd always have this big soldier looking guy and then this little kid with a sling and a rock, you know, and, uh, it was always, they, they always make it that so much bigger and, you know, just, you, you want to get the idea that a Goliath, a giant, you know, huge and that, uh, even spilt, spills over into like modern culture and pop culture, I guess. But uh, you know, it's a, you see two teams playing. It's a David and Goliath story. You know, it's a, you know because you get this one team that they're unheard of and nobody knows them, but then you've got these champions that have uh, always been there, and now somehow this unnamed team has gotten there. And and then it's always great when David wins. <laughs> and uh, so we we. we David and Goliath is something we're used to. We we use those terms and things, but but realizing, uh, reading in these and and knowing that it's something that really happened, but uh, reading the stories and understanding what went on in in David's life as a a young person, as a uh, really just a adolescent, you know, just uh, not a warrior, not a soldier, you know, but a shepherd, watching his father's flock. But the picture that it paints for us and what we learn from it is that sometimes things in the natural seem like there's no way we're going to have victory here. It just doesn't seem possible. Uh, I I can't imagine how it was David riding in just to bring some lunch and some food, check on his brothers, Uh, but there was something inside of David as a young boy that... uh, he loved the Lord. He uh, he didn't just all of a sudden become a man after God's own heart. I believe he was always growing into that man. And when he heard this booming voice across the valley challenging and defaming the armies of the living God, he just couldn't take that. You know, he and, and whether his brothers, you know, they, they wanted to, uh, label him as just a, a nosy little naughty kid who just came to spy out the battle and see what was going on. David was awestruck, not by the enemy, but by the fact that out of this whole army, nobody is defending their God. That out of all these swords and spears and shields and things, nobody is even You know, saying anything back, but people are hiding, hiding in their tent. Even the king is hiding in his tent, and they're they're, uh, full of fear, and there's no way. Here comes David. Why is it somebody doing something? And all these guys who have probably taken lives before and fought battles and were very uh, knowledgeable in in war, Uh, I think it was more... uh, to their shame that they acted out against David because it embarrassed them that this little boy that just rode in with a bag full of cheese said, hey, why don't we get rid of this guy? I have always read that story and thought, now Goliath is big. Ain't no doubt about it, he's big. Killed a lot of people, I'm sure. He's their champion. But are you going to tell me that if 12 men at one time rushed this guy he can't be everywhere at once. Somebody stab him in the back. I mean, this is war. Three or four guys with bow and arrow, everybody let go at once. He ain't, it ain't the matrix. He ain't dodging all these arrows, man. Let something fly. Get rid of this guy. But see, this is what fear will do. Fear will stop you from using what is obvious and an obvious point of victory. God, this is God's army. And if, uh, if, if the battle is the Lord's, he'll make them arrows fly straight and true. They didn't even realize we can beat this guy because they were so afraid that they would not let God uh, guide them. But David, uh, I, I preached on this one time before. You know, David went out, he faced it, he fought it, and he beat it. And that's what we get with God is, is victory. We can face it. Even when it seems like it is an insurmountable uh, opposition. There's no way, if you had been there and could look through time and see this and watch this, this kid uh, heading out onto the battlefield. And Goliath with his armor bearer, with his spear and, and, and his sword, his shield, all these things. And, and uh, just knowing uh, about him that he's been a man of war since his youth. That he's been killing people all his life. He's been fighting battles all his life. And, and David, you're nothing but a youth. But it doesn't matter what the odds look like when God's on our side. But if the battle is the Lord's, then we've got to trust him to give us the victory. And we've got to trust him in the way he decides to send us out or where he sends us out. David did not ride that day with any anticipation of fighting Goliath. But he also had something in him that I don't back down from the enemy. I don't get up every day looking for uh, an enemy to fight, but I'm not going to back down if I run into him. I'm I'm not one of these people who says, yeah, I'm going to go out hunting a devil to fight. I just never see see one in my life. You know, I I don't want to see an enemy, I don't want to see anything like that. Stay far away from me, just let me tell people about Jesus. Let's get them uh, walking with Him and, and have a good day. But if you run into these things, if you run into a problem, if you run into something going on in your life, you have power through Him to overcome it. Listen, the only way sometimes, you know, we used to sing these old songs that would inspire us have you got any rivers? seem like you can not they're uncrossable or any mountains that you can't tunnel through. But then we would sing about God that was able to, to he specialized in that he'll get us through these things and, and so some battles that we, even in our church we've watched people uh, go through things that seem like there's no way this is not going to take them out yet here they are. And uh, let me tell you uh, I'm sure that as David's brothers watched him Marching off uh toward that battlefield, I mean just running his mouth too, I mean like a true adolescent just just telling Goliath. I'm going to take your head off. <laughs> man, I'm going, God's going to, hey, you got shields and spears and swords, and, and, and I see what you've got, and I'm looking at all those soldiers behind. Everybody's, call me a dog, call me a kid, call, whatever you want to call me, but I am going to kill you today in the name of the Lord. And, man, maybe God didn't even put everything in there that he said. He could have been talking about how ugly he was and how he stank and all kind of things. He just, just let it go because I'm fixing to win this battle. People want to know how, David, is it that you have this kind of fortitude inside of you? You've never been to war. You've never been taught about swords and spears and things of that nature. You know your brothers are soldiers, but you've been home. You've been tending sheep. Let me tell you, tending sheep ain't all about taking naps in the grass. <laughs> it ain't all about writing psalms and, and, and getting the suntan while you watch the sheep. But there are days when lions will come out of the brush. And they come not to, to come and, and be sweet and cute and cuddly and 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 so I can pet them and play with them. But no, they, they come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I took that lion and I grabbed him by his beard and and God delivered him and I slew him. And then one day here comes this bear. And he comes and he's trying to take something from the flock. He's, and I took that bear and I destroyed that bear, I killed that bear. And and so what David is thinking about is he's got a vision in his mind of what God has already done. Because as impossible as it might seem uh, to kill uh, Goliath, to me it would seem much more impossible uh, to destroy for a kid to defeat a wild lion or a bear. I don't know what kind of bear, but I just picture the biggest, baddest Grizzly, brown, Kodiak, all mixed in together—a biblical bear. <laughs> I'm talking about, ooh, ooh. and and David's just like, here we go. I mean, this kid, but it's not just him. It is his knowledge of the God he serves that uh, I, I am vic- going to be victorious. And, and I don't know if he kept the claws out of that bear for a souvenir. I don't know if he kept that lion skin and made a rug out of it to, to give to his family. I don't know what he did with it. Maybe he just left it for the rest of the animals to eat or the buzzards to have. I don't know. But he did, it wasn't about the things he could hold or see but it was what was now in that mind and now in that heart, knowing what God can do. Knowing that if I can see that, I, I've got a vision of what God can do. And he, and he went onto that battlefield that day and encouraged himself in the Lord. And he, he went out just speaking what God could do and what God was going to do. He prophesied uh, Goliath's demise. He, he, it says that David did not even have a sword in his hand. But he told Goliath, I'm going to take your head off. With what? He just spoke it. But guess what? He did take his head off. He, he took Goliath's head off just like he said he would. He, he just spoke it into existence. And we fight battles in this life. And we may not march onto a battlefield where we're facing uh, an actual Goliath. But there are things in our life, battles that we fight, that seem like we're never going to get over it. It seems insurmountable. It's like there's no way for me to, I'm stuck, I'm trapped, I I can't beat this. But you can. God did not save us to lose. God did not fill us with his spirit so that we could be defeated. He did not... Tell us that I've given you power over all the power of the enemy so that we could just uh, be frustrated and, and be disappointed because we didn't win. But God uh, has given us the power of victory. And, and that's what David had. He, he, David did not have the Holy Ghost as we have it. But he had the Word of God. He, he had uh, uh, the promises of God that God would uh, come through and that God would fight for his people. And, and David, even way back then, he trusted in his name. You'll read in the Psalms where it says, save me by thy name. He, he knew that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And, and so he, he understood that, man, in the name of the Lord there is victory. And that is the same for you and I today. We can't just be so uh, blown away, oh, just blown away how God delivered back then. He's still doing it now because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am the Lord and I change not, and, and I, I don't change who I am. I don't change what I do, and what I did for my people then, I will do for my people now. I will still uh, make the impossible possible. The question still has the same answer. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer will always be no. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. And so sometimes we have to uh, ask the hard question. Is this too hard for you, Lord? And he's going to always say no. And we should be to a point in our walk where we don't even have to ask him anymore. Is this too hard? Because we've watched you come through time and time again. Sure, this is uh, this whatever we're facing right now is, is tough. And whatever we've gone through has been heartbreaking. Have we felt the pain of it? Sure, we have. Have we felt the grief of it? Sure, we have. But are we gone? Are we dead? Are we out? No. We're still here. We're still praising God. We're still serving God. Hey, we still believe in the power of His name. There is victory. Victory in Him. There's so many battles that we fight uh, in this life. Just uh, things that we we go through and that sometimes people don't even realize that it's an actual thing. But uh, but, but, Joe, one of the greatest battles that people fight is temptation. And that seems like a, a Goliath to some people. Some people are like, hey, nothing getting me. You, you feel like you just breezing on through. That's good. Well, some this is their battle. This is their Goliath. But God will give you that head. He'll give you the head of Goliath. And and, and we all fight some kind of temptation. Sometimes it's the temptation of 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 some immoral stuff. But sometimes it's just the temptation to. Buy things. Come on now, get quiet on me now. Come on. Sometimes it's like I don't feel too good today. I'm gonna buy something. Makes me feel better to buy something. Temptation we all fight. It's part of being human. Temptation will come. It's coming. It's inevitable. It's going to come. But it's not. Temptation is not sin. That's why people get, they they go ahead and ascribe so much power to temptation. But temptation doesn't have that power over you. you got to yield. For anything to become your master, you have to yield to it. Anything. Oh, it's got me. Then you yielded. It beat me. Then you yielded. Because greater is he that's in you. Than he that's in the world, there ain't nothing uh, going on in this life that's greater than the power that God has given you through His name. There is nothing that faith in His name can't overcome. Nothing. It might not happen in the first round. You might go the distance, but you will be the victor. Come on, you, you, we we all like that. You know, we all want to be the the uh, have that Holy Ghost uh, knockout punch like Mike Tyson had, and and about. 30 seconds of the first round, just it's over. I got my millions. Bring on the next guy. But sometimes we're going to be more like Rocky, and we're going to go to distance, and your eyes are going to be swollen shut, and you're going to be spitting blood, it seems like, but you're going to win because God's going to get you through it. Don't ever think you won't take a punch. Don't think you won't ever get hit. Don't ever think you won't be hurt sometimes uh, in this walk. But you will win. There's not a champion alive in a boxing match who has never been hurt in his fight. But those champions are the ones that uh, once they're hit, they just toughen up and keep going. Hey, I got hit. That shook me. That rocked me. But I have not forgotten how to box. I am going. To, I know what I need to do. I just I had a slip. I, I, I wasn't paying attention. I, I, I let my guard down for just a second. Won't do that again. And they keep on going. And they, they recuperate. And that's us. We get hit sometimes, but we don't forget who we are. We don't forget who we belong to. We don't forget that when you pray in his name, things happen. We don't forget that when we lift our hands and begin to worship, that God still pours his mercy and grace and his love out on us. And so whenever you you're in temptation, you just got to learn to say no it's the giving in to temptation that causes us to sin it's the, the the action that temptation requires that's what will defeat us. We all struggle with things that tempt us to sin but but the word of God gives us power over temptation. Does that mean we all? remember that no sometimes we let our guard down but that's not the end of the fight that's not the end of our life that's not the end of who God made us Uh, David this man who just defeated Goliath he found that out later in his life you let your guard down you'll do things that are unthinkable but it was at the end of David in 1 John 2 and 16 it puts temptation in three categories for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it is of the world. Now, while some will struggle with the lust of the flesh, this is a temptation that appeals to the desires of the flesh. It, it could be uh, in, uh, in more immorality. It could be a sexual nature, gluttony, self-glorification, anything that satisfies the flesh is that lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes can be things like viewing ungodly things, pornography, coveting another's possessions, or dealing with materialism. It's a keep up with the Jones uh, attitude. It's always, what, what, everything I see i got to have. And then the pride of life can be the hardest one to detect. It can be subtle. Uh, it, it includes Arrogance. Uh, craving of position or title, superiority, or having power over somebody else. and It it may engender prejudice, seeking to exalt oneself over somebody else. Uh, We see that sometimes, we're warned about that in ministry especially, that, that we don't begin to think of ourselves as lords over God's heritage. And we don't begin to act like uh, we're here to put people under our thumb and and hold the rule over them. Uh, We're here to just preach the gospel to guide people, to shepherd people, to to minister to people, to serve people. But some people, well, once they have that title of minister ascribed to them, you can't tell them anything. You can't talk to them anymore because all of a sudden uh, they think that they know it all and that... uh, you know, And if you don't see it the way that they see it, then then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Shame. It's a shame because the pride of life is destroyed. Uh, uh, I think as many, if not more people than the, the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes. that Because pride goeth before destruction. And when people get that pride in their life, it becomes a seed. And, and when it's left unattended, uh, it grows up into ugly attitudes and actions that hurt uh, not only us, but it can destroy the lives of other people, friend. Th- these things are spiritual, but they can become spiritual Goliaths. But that does not mean they can't be defeated. The warfare we fight is is spiritual. It's spiritual warfare. It's Ephesians, Paul wrote this. Ephesians six ten through twelve. He said, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord." Oh, what a, what a statement what an encouragement and what an absolute be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers Against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, hey, we fight spiritual battles, and I've said this many times because you know people's car car break down, oh, the devil just trying to ruin my day. He don't care if your car runs. Thank you, change all. Get it serviced every once in a while, you know you got to do more than put gas in it. come on, yeah, and wash it. <laughs> a clean car just drives better. that's the truth no but but, but it's like you know, you know something tragic happens you know, some, my house burnt to the ground, Oh, the devils after all my stuff he. Why? He ain't got nowhere to put it. <laughs> he don't want your house, but he wants to make you think that he's got that kind of power. So you'll you start. Uh, he, oh, he just sits back and goes, I ain't got to do nothing. They just blame it all on me. I, I I'm famous and I hadn't done nothing. You know, and it's like, but it's. Spiritual warfare is real, but it's spiritual warfare. Nobody's taking your property. Nobody's taking your things. He, he, you know, when, when, uh, when in the book of Job, it wasn't about, well, let me just kill his family. Let me take his livestock and things like that. It's, let me stop Job from praising God. I want, I want Job. My ultimate goal is to get Job to curse you to your face. But see, we don't trust in the things. We we, we don't trust in the things that are given. We trust in the one who gave it. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ain't nothing happening naturally that God hadn't allowed. It happens. But it's our attitude in, in a in this battle. Oh, is this gonna be more than I can take? Let me tell you, if you could lose all your children, all your possessions, your health begin to fail all in one swoop, you better have something to trust in. And Job did. Job had something, so when God moved back his hand, he wouldn't he didn't lose his trust. Just he said, just because I can't see where God's at, I've looked on every side. I can't even perceive him, but I know that he knows the way I take. He never takes his eye. He might move his hand, but he don't take his eye off of me. He, he's always watching. And, he, and he's 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 made some uh, declarations that there's only a s- certain amount that this enemy is able to do. Because God knows that with every temptation, he's going to make a way of escape that we'll be able to bear it. God wants us to be victorious. And in this spiritual warfare, we, we, we don't go around looking for, for a devil hiding behind every bush. They say, man, that's not what we do. Uh, we need to be able to decipher what this battle is and, and, and then conquer our fear of the unknown and destroy this giant in the name of the Lord. God has given us victory over the enemy. Listen, all he wanted to do, the enemy wanted to do, was exalt himself above God. He was the, the perfect picture of pride, and pride goes before destruction. He challenged Jesus in the wilderness. And God, I mean, God manifests in the flesh. If, he, if he's going to tempt him and challenge him, you can believe he's going to tempt us and challenge us. And even offer things that we, we feel like this would really benefit me now. Jesus was hungry, some hot bread would have been nice. But that's not the way you go about getting it. That's not what you do. Uh, he, he tried to give him. Look at all these kingdoms of the world. I'll give it to you. It shows the ignorance of the enemy. The world is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He, all, all souls belong to him. Everything's his already. But he, he's trying to uh, make him feel like I've got more power than you, than you know. He, he wants you to believe. Listen. The devil don't have any more power than any other angel. When he fell, it didn't make him more powerful. But he's a liar and a deceiver. And so he's going to try to act like, you know, when you, like I said, something, some natural thing, disaster happens in your life. And you think, well, look what the devil did. You just gave him the power to do that. You just, the Bible says don't give place to the devil. Don't give him a place. Don't prepare a place for him to set up camp in your life and, and run the rule over you. He is not more powerful than what's inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. And and we know, as Peter said, that we have an enemy, or, uh, the devil. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. First Peter 5 and 8. He said he, he's out there. He's He's going around seeking whom he may devour, but he may not devour me. It's like when when you say he may not, that's like, I'm I'm telling you, you ain't going to do it. (laughs) If you say he might not, well, that's, I don't know if he's going to win or not. But when I say he may not, I'm telling you, no, you may not. Hey, can I do that? No, you may not. (laughs) You will not beat me. God is the only, listen, God is the only one who is omnipotent means he's all powerful. He's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at once and he is omniscient, all-knowing. I'll tell you the devil he's not omnipresent but some of y'all got a monopoly on him. Y'all act like he lives in your house. When is he messing with anybody else because you're saying he's at your place all the time. And he can't be everywhere at once. <laughs> yeah. He, hey, he would love to be able to do that. But he will never be that because he's not God. So when temptation comes and these spiritual things come, remember who you serve. Remember who lives inside of you. And, and stop attributing uh, power to the enemy. So quit acting like your flesh is stronger uh, than, than God. He, you, we can mortify. I talked about this just the other day. We can mortify the deeds of the flesh through the Spirit. That's what, you know what God filled us with the Holy Ghost. Believe it or not, it wasn't just so we could. Woo-hoo. It wasn't. It wasn't just so we could speak in tongues every once in a while. He said, "I'm going to put my Spirit in you. It's, it's going to be a leader. It's going to be a guide. It's going to comfort you. It's going to teach you. It's going to make you a witness." It's going to let you have, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Well, he's in here. Yeah. I've got some liberty in my trials and in my tests. I, I, I'm not all bound up and, and uh, uh, I've got the spirit of the Lord living inside of me. And I, I have power over all the power of the enemy. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. God didn't give it to us just uh, uh, as some kind of accessory to salvation, but it's so that you'll remember that the Bible says it bears witness that we are the sons and daughters of God. It's a reminder of who I belong to, who my Father is. And let me tell you, our Father is not going to let us be destroyed by, by a much lesser enemy, but we've got to trust Him. And believe in him and call on this power that lives inside of us. And we will have that head of Goliath. You need to approach every temptation, every trial and test as David did. Oh, it doesn't... Hey, did David know that this was a dangerous man? Sure he did. Yeah, did he know that, hey, behind him's a whole army. If they all decide we're just going to jump in, not fight fair... You know, this could get ugly, but it wasn't about how daunting it looked, because God's so much bigger than that. That's why we never give up hope. We never stop believing, because no matter how ominous, ominous it may seem, God's going to have the final answer, and so we can't let fear and 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 uh, and and failure and shame and all kind of things that enter into our life stop us from winning the fight. Stop us from winning the battle. Maybe it embarrassed David a little bit when his brothers jumped on him like that, calling him a little naughty kid and we know why you're here and things like that. Maybe he he had to go out. He had to push that away. I can't be worried about even what my brothers are saying right now. I've got a battle to fight. And God will give me the victory. I want to show some people today that God will give me the victory. I want to even show the king that God will give me the victory. We battle things in our flesh, in our body, natural things that happen. But that doesn't mean it's always uh, some kind of uh, attack from the enemy. Sometimes it's just the life that we live because it's the world we live in because of the fall. We, we have had people in our congregation that have uh, had to endure disease in the body. This becomes a daily struggle when that happens. Just maybe to get out of bed, to, to have some kind of normal life. To, uh, you know, they have to fight the desire to give up, fight for their families, fight to keep going for the loved ones. They fight fear of what might happen if, if this disease is how I leave this world. It's a real battle. It's a hard battle. It seems like it's unending. It seems like it's unwinnable, but it's not. Because God gives the victory in it. Let me tell you, if, and we've had people, we've prayed healing and we've watched God bring them home. But they didn't lose. If the battle's the Lord, we must trust Him in the way He wins it. And that's that's hard for us sometimes, but that's where we trust God. In this, is that we you know this seems like there's no way for it to be a victory, but it is a victory. Because even Paul, he he made the mention. He said, "Look, if I'm absent from the body, I'm present with the Lord." And so when a child of God holds on to his faith in God, and he takes his last breath on this earth, oh death, where is thy victory? There's no, or in a grave, where's your victory at? We laid on the rest, but the grave didn't get the victory. Death didn't get the victory. God's got the victory. And then one day when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise first. And, and what we already knew, we'll view with our eyes. Another battle that people fight is, you know, relationship disappointments. Sometimes that results in a broken home, strange children, or even close friendships and that they, they fall by the wayside. Oftentimes we don't understand why this has to happen. And sometimes people, they blame themselves. Well, it's my fault. As a result, we fight guilt, depression. We loathe ourselves. We fight grief. And when broken relationships cause our children or a spouse to be estranged from us, the heartbreak of being separated from ones we love is, is the greatest disappointment. But even that can be fixed. And even that can be better. And even that Goliath can fall. It's never over until God says it's over. I know people in here today that could say amen. Uh, that uh, it looked like it was going to be over, but it ain't over. And it actually it's better. Uh, We beat that Goliath and it's better than it's ever been. Somebody ought to just say praise God and testify to that because it's true. And then we have people who are afraid. This is a real one today. that So many people fight. It's the fear of death. People are afraid of getting sick, of uh, catching this virus and uh, because they've watched their some loved ones or people friends, somebody they know that has had this virus and it has taken their life, and so uh they are now afraid to go out of the house, they're afraid to go into stores in the public it's 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 a fear that has gripped many people, and it's a battle that we'll have to fight, but even this Goliath can fall. Jesus came to defeat death. I was talking to one brother one day and and you might want to say, and maybe he, you've talked with him and heard his answer about it itself. but uh, me and him were talking, and I'm, I kind of feel like the same way. And so that's very simplistic and just whatever, but you know, if that happens to be the way that the Lord calls me home, then that's the way he calls me home. I'm not going to just be foolish. I'm not just going to tempt the Lord. I'm not going to not use wisdom and things like that. But I'm also not going to stop living my life. I'm going to live and trust God to keep me and watch over me. And as he is a great healer, he is also a great defender and a protector. And I trust him to protect me and and others. Listen, the enemy is not managing the department of death anymore. He lost that. The Lord took the, the took the keys to death, hell and the grave. Jesus earned the right when he overcame it through the resurrection. But still the fear of death is a literal battle for those sometimes people have a brush with death and, and they can't get past it. We knew a guy that was a very dear friend of ours, a, a pastor friend in South Carolina, and he he uh, got got the hurting in his chest one day and, and he went to the, the doctor and the doctor checked him out, and he said, man, he said, you've got to go to the hospital right now. He said, you've got like four uh, blockages, one's like 200% blockages, a couple of 90%. Said, you, you, he said, well, can I go home? He said, no. He said, you could die in the next five minutes. He said, you, he said you're at any moment could have a massive heart attack. And he said, you will not make it to the table. He said, that's how fast it will kill you. And so they took him right in. And I mean, like, hey, get a surgeon, open heart surgery, boom, pow, right there, did it right there. And it messed with his mind. He was better. He got through the surgery, was fine. We went to see him, went to preach for him. And I would ride around with him on his back country roads. And we used to deer hunt when we'd go up there. And he would just bust out crying. And he said, you just have to forgive me. He said, I have no control over myself anymore. He said, this uh, has him staring his own mortality in the face like that. he said no one that could have got me at any moment and I didn't even realize it he said it's got me I'm, it, there, there's a fear that's got on me and uh, he just couldn't get over that I think it got better for him as it went on after he, he realized and he got back in his routine but immediately that, uh, that initial brush was like whew, man I was that close to going out of here and had no idea and it made him think of all the things he had not done and all the things he hadn't prepared for and, and stuff like that. And so uh, that's a fear. But that Goliath can fall too. I know you can come on to the music. The battle belongs to the Lord. So we must trust God to guide our hands. And that's what um, David was telling Goliath he said the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands the way that, we, that I'm coming to fight you now he didn't have a sword he recognized what the enemy had, you have a spear you have a shield and you have a sword the Bible says we're not ignorant of our enemy's devices, we know what he's got but we also remember the word of God that says no weapon formed against us shall prosper he didn't say it wouldn't hit us wouldn't be used against us. He said it just won't prosper. It's not going to bring victory to the enemy. uh, Just like it didn't bring victory uh, against Job. It won't bring bring victory against us. Just like the sword that Goliath had. It did not bring victory to David. You know there's different opinions on it. Some say that uh, Goliath was not dead. When the stone sunk in his forehead. It just put him down but it was actually David taking his head that took his life. I don't know. But I do know that the stone is mightier than the sword when that's what God gave you to fight with. And that's how he used David's hands in that fight and then David didn't have to take a sword because God was going to provide a sword. You know, he's saying, "I'm going to take your head." I'm, what are you going to do that with, David? Don't you worry, God'll provide. And he did. God gave him the tools that he needed to fight with, just like he has for us. He's given us the whole armor of God. He's given us the word of God. And if we put our trust in the Lord, knowing that he fights for us, we can face any battle straight on, head on. We don't have to uh, try to sneak around. We've got the Holy Ghost living inside of us. David faced Goliath because of the God that uh, he served. And, and we can face any Goliath because of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us. Let's stand together this morning. And what the enemy wanted to use to destroy David, David used to destroy him. He used his own weapon against him. You know, there, there's power. Uh, David kept that sword. They, they 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 stored that sword away. Many years later, David... Was able to acquire it as he was fleeing from Saul. And they said, "There's not another sword like it." When they gave it back to him, that priest handed it back to him. And said, "There's not another sword like this." I tell you, there's not another testimony like your testimony. You hear me. Come on now. What God's done for you, He did for you. And while other people have great testimonies and couldn't be similar in some fashions, what God did for you can never be denied. And David said, y'all can think I'm going to die, but I know what God has done for me. And so I'm going out there in confidence that he'll do it again. And so you just remember what God did before, he'll do it again. God will keep on providing for his people. And you just take that testimony and win victory after victory after victory. That was David's victory speech. A lion came in, a bear came in. And he said, and this Philistine will be no different, but God will deliver him into my hand. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you so much and thank you for victory that you've given us. Thank you for the testimony, God, that you've given us. Lord, how you've come through time and time again. Let us remember as we face our challenges, temptations, trials and tests in this world. God, let us remember you, God, who are always faithful, that you've never left us, never forsook us, Lord, but, Lord, you're always there taking care of us, that when we fall, we're going to arise. Lord, we trust you with our lives today. We trust you with the battles. Bless us to remember it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. How many believes God's going to keep coming through for you? You may have had your worst round ever. But you're not out. I've seen boxing matches where right at the bell to close around, man, a guy just takes a hit right at the bell. And if it had been another couple of seconds for the guy, the, the opponent to follow up, it had been over. But saved by the bell. I'll tell you, God's ringing that bell a lot of times. This Nope, you're not going out this round. You're not going out this round. You're going to go to distance. When you get in that corner, they working on you refreshing you, reminding you, telling you what to do. Just get back to your corner and pray. Get back to your corner and worship. Get back to your corner and listen to what the Holy Ghost is saying to you and then come back out and win. Amen? God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. God's going to do some great things.